0: scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Exodus, chapter 3, verses 2 through the beginning of verse 8. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look... Then the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians, and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. This is the word of the Lord.
1: So even as we uh, as we celebrate God's presence among us today and always, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to be a little bit uh, to be a little bit relaxed this morning. I'm gonna ask you to do some things that might stretch you a little bit, um, because uh, because we've been uh, we've been experiencing VBS with the kids all week, and and I'm reminded um, I'm reminded in the Gospels of when uh, when the disciples rebuke people for bringing the little children to Jesus. Right, you remember that? And they, they rebuke him, and Jesus takes the little child in his midst, and one of the Gospels says he embraces that child. Right? He holds on to the child, and he says to them, you know, whoever not, will not receive the kingdom of heaven like a little child will never enter. And he says to them, don't, uh, don't forsake the little children. Let them come to me. All right? And there's that reminder for each of us that we are children of God, and that no matter what age we are, no matter what season of life we are in, we are, we are God's children. And because we are, uh, he invites us to celebrate his presence, invites us to celebrate what he does. And so I know also that it's a fine line between childlike and childish. And VBS probably toes that line and maybe jumps into the childish side sometimes. Um, but it is a good time for us to remember, especially those of us who were raised in the church, had the privilege of going to VBS or Bible camp, uh, to remember what that experience was like. And the time when you kind of were sort of wild with abandon, and you would sing the songs and throw your hands in the air and celebrate and just know what God was real and know what God was doing. And to be reminded of that as an adult and to be reminded that that same God is with us, is with us always. And so, um, so today I, w- I want to ask you kind of step back into that a little bit. Uh, our theme, um, each day had a theme, but our overall theme, um, well, I'm going to ask you to do it. So our overall theme, I would say the beginning of the sentence and then everybody would respond, God is good. All right, so you ready for this? So life is wild, that's not bad. You're mostly led by a bunch of people who are at VBS. Now, the rest of you have to participate in also. also. You saw the, the fi- so it's got to be fist up. God is good, all right? So life is wild. God is good. All right, good. Not too many of you saying, I will not do that. But so just bear with me a little bit today, because I, I, we're going to do that as we go through the themes each day. But I want to get there. I want to get there by first acknowledging something. It's, it's easy for kids to do that. And the kids who are here, would shout that out with abandon. God is good. But I also know that adults take a little bit more convincing. Because I know that you've been through seasons of life. You've had moments of life where you find yourself questioning whether God was good. You had times in your life when you even prayed out to God, what are you doing, God? What's going on? You had moments when seeds of doubt were sown inside of you. Times when, when you were pushed When you weren't so willing to yell that out, when you weren't sure. Because you've been through those seasons and stations of life, it's important for us to go back and to refresh our faith in the words of the scriptures and to seek identity in the people who are there. And that's why we're going to turn to Moses today. And Moses is a great example for us of someone who's been through all sorts of seasons and stations of life who's been through times in his own life. And I, I want to encourage you uh, to think of these different seasons of Moses' life and to ask that question, what did Moses think about God? Did, did Moses think that God was good? Right? We just heard from, from Exodus chapter 3, but that's actually fairly late in Moses' life. And we already have read in the book of Exodus what's happened with Moses. Moses was, was born during a time of oppression of his people. He was born an Israelite, a Hebrew. And they were, at the time, enslaved by the Egyptians. Right? And the enslavement was particularly brutal. And in particular, the time when Moses was born, the Israelites had grown too numerous. The Hebrews had grown too numerous. And the Egyptians began to fear them. And as a result, the Pharaoh issued a decree that all the babies that were born were to be killed. But Moses was rescued by his hero mother and sister who took Moses as an infant, placed him in a basket and floated him down, and floated him down the waterway And if you remember the story, you remember that Moses was floated down, and he landed in a particular household. Whose household? The Pharaoh's. He was claimed by Pharaoh's daughter, which means recognize that that Moses was raised in the household of Pharaoh. He lacked for nothing on earth. Anything that he could ever possibly want, he would have received. You see, the Pharaoh was considered God on earth, and that was his grandfather. And we don't know how, we don't know exactly when, but at some point Moses realized that he wasn't an Egyptian. He began to realize that he was by birth an Israelite, a Hebrew. He was by birth the one who was enslaved and not the master. And as he saw this, and again, we don't know how it happened, we don't know if it happened the Charlton Heston way in the movie or the Steven Spielberg way from the Prince of Egypt the movie. We don't know exactly how it happened, but at some point when he realized that, he went out for a walk among his people, among the Hebrew people, and he saw an Egyptian master beating an Israelite slave. And when he saw this, it struck something inside of him, and so he decided to do something about it, and he took the Egyptian master down, and he killed him. And then he hid his body in the sand. And the scriptures say that before he did this, he looked both ways to make sure that no one was around. And he thought that he had gotten away with this you understand what this means? It means that Moses was a murderer. Well, the next day or a little while later, he's out walking again among his people, among the Israelites, among the Hebrews, and he sees two Hebrews fighting each other, and he goes up to them and he says, why are you fighting with your brother? Why are you doing this? Right? And and they right away comment back to him. Their comment is, are you going to kill us the way you killed the Egyptian? And Moses realizes that his deeds have found him out. And that he is now no longer accepted in the people of his birth. He's no longer accepted among the Hebrews, the Israelites. And he's also not accepted among the Egyptians because word about this has spread. And in fact, the Pharaoh has placed a price tag on his head seeking to kill him. And so Moses is forced to flee. Tradition tells us that Moses is about 40 years old when this happens. For the first 40 years of his life, he had absolutely everything he could ever want from an earthly perspective. And now he's sent out to exile in a place called Midian in the wilderness, without a people, without all of the goods that had been his. He's left to go out and wander all by himself. Let's ask yourself that question. Up until this point, he's been raised in an Egyptian house with all of the Egyptian gods. He's been taught to worship his grandfather as the living God on earth. What does Moses think about God? Does Moses think that God is good? Well, out there in the wilderness, Moses encounters a new group of people, and he finds actually a, a new family. He marries a woman named, it's a gold star question for the day, Zipporah. Yeah, Zephira, Zipporah, right? That's gold star questions. Good news, bad news. Good news is you got the answer right. Bad news is it's VBS week, so you win a bag of Cheez-Its, right? Right, and he marries her. They have children. He begins to establish a new life. He lives in the household of his father-in-law, He was ultimately called Ruel and Jethro. He's the high priest of Midian. And we don't know if he's the high priest of the real, the living, true God, or of some other God. But Moses' life suddenly finds some stability. He's got a job. He tends the flocks of his father-in-law. He has a home. He has a family. Until one day, tradition tells us, when Moses is about 80 years old, when God encounters him through the burning bush, And if you know the burning bush story, it's pretty familiar to you. You can gloss over some of the details. But the the detail that's the most important is is what happens when he encounters the bush. Remember what draws his attention is that the bush is on fire, but it's not consumed. Right? So it's burning, but not burned up. And so he says, I'll go see this strange sight. And when he goes up to see the strange sight, this is the detail that you probably overlooked. God speaks to him from the midst of the bush. You remember what God says? Moses, Moses. We look at it and go. Of course, he called him by name. Big deal. How else would he get his attention? But remember that we have no indication that Moses knows the living God. We have no indication that he's ever heard from him before. And yet, we know from this account, we know this really important detail that God knows Moses, and He knows him by name. And then he says, take off your shoes for the ground on which you are standing is holy. And Moses does it. And then God tells him, I have seen the misery of my people in Egypt. And their cries have reached my ears. And so I have come to deliver them. I have come to rescue them from the enslavement. I've come to rescue them from the hands of the Egyptians. And I'm going to take them to a promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And if you're a part of Snack this week or if you raised your kids in the, in the tailed era, then you know that the next line after a land flowing with milk and honey is, sounds sticky. And it is the land of plenty. Moses learns that God only, not only knows his name, but that God knows his people, and that God knows everything about the plight of his people, and that God is going to rescue them. And then Moses is told one more fantastic thing, that he is going to be the one that God uses. And somewhere in this encounter, the Lord works faith in Moses. So that Moses, who who didn't previously know this God, Moses, who who previously was a wanderer, Moses, who previously was a murderer, that this Moses, now his faith worked in him, that he can not only trust this God, but that he can trust that this God is good. Because this God knows him and knows his people. And I love, by the way, when God introduces himself to Moses and says, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When he says, I am the God of your father, remember that we have no indication that Moses ever knew his birthly father. But God did. And God was telling Moses, not only do I know you now, but I have always known you. And because of God's work, Moses was able to trust that God was good. And so now I want to take the jump from Exodus chapter 3 in Moses to VBS in Fishers in 2019. It's only like a 4,000-year jump. It's not that big of a deal. You see, we use this story all week with the kids. When we went through these different seasons of life, those things that we all, we all go through, and as we went through them, you know, we who are adults are reminded these aren't just kids play. These aren't just moments for them, but these are moments that we all endure. I want to go through these with you briefly. I want to start with the very first day. Remember how we're going to do this? The very first day was when life is unfair. God is good. All right, awesome. 75% of you are still awake and paying attention. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah when life is unfair. God is good. Great, and so what I, um, what I want to know, and yes, we did this during the week, is who will be brave enough to share a time when their life was unfair. Now, I'm not looking for you to share your deepest, darkest moment. But perhaps there was a time in your life when you were prepared, you were prepared to sing a solo, but the director gave it to somebody else in your choir. The time when you were prepared to take the game-winning shot, but the coach gave it to somebody else on your team. Or even just the time when there was one chocolate chip cookie left, and your mom gave it to your sister instead of to you. So who will share a moment that's unfair? Mike, I'm afraid of what you're going to say. This is the blue microphone. What's your name?
0: That Emma can... What's your name? Micah.
1: Can you guys say hi to my son, Micah? Hi, That Emma can drive and I can't. <laughs> that, that Emma can drive and you can't. Can everybody say praise Jesus? <laughs> All right, no, that... Okay, I can understand why that seems unfair, right? That Emma gets to do it and you don't. Who's got one for me? Who's got another life is unfair? You got to give me one, Emma Line? All right. <laughs> All right, what's your name, Emeline?
0: Emeline.
1: Can you say hi to my friend, Emeline? Hi, Emilyne. How about a time when life is unfair?
0: That Lisa got to go to the hotel, got to go to a hotel, but she got to sleep with me and my didn't.
1: Yep, got to go to a hotel, but you didn't. See? <laughs> See? These are things. These, this is, the struggle's real. Right, And you guys remember, I'll get you in the next one, okay? And these are things that you guys can identify with. And my kids um, have heard me say the phrase that I borrowed from another pastor so many times, which is this, fairness ended in the garden. It's my loving parental advice to my kids. But it's true, that fairness ended in the garden, right? It's this reminder that things are broken because of sin in the world. Now, the effect of sin in the world, the effect of the curse on the world is that sometimes bad people get ahead. And sometimes good things don't happen to good people. Sometimes bad things do. And it's a reality of our world. But what do we know from the scriptures? It's that God has intervened in our human history to do something about it. That he has come because the world is unfair in the person and work of Jesus Christ. That he has come. And then in fact when we see in him, we see something totally different. We see a love which is so amazing for a people who are hostile to him. That that love itself, we should deem unfair, and yet it's not, because God is good, and so He surrounds us with that love even in the midst of it. So when life is unfair, God is good. all right, day two. So day two for us was when life is scary. God is good. Somehow we've gone down. We're like at 60% now. Don't worry. I'm not going to bring the mic and stick it in anyone's unwilling face. Don't worry. I promise. Yes, but we know that there are scary things in life. I'm not gonna ask anyone to share those scary things because, um, frankly, I didn't wanna be scared later on. All right, but I'm gonna go to a universal, something that I believe is universal to humanity. I think every human being is at least a little bit afraid of the dark, right? At least a little bit. And actually, there's quite a few nods of the heads. The other services that I've gotten a lot of like, like, I'm a tough man, a tough woman, I'm not afraid of the dark. And the thing I will always say is if that's true, then why does your garage door open and have a two-minute light that stays on after the door goes down? Right? And I know what you think. People are like, well, that's just safety. (laughs) Right? Then why do you turn on the light in the bathroom in the middle of the night even though you know that that light's going to keep you up even longer? Okay, so those things we can all kind of laugh about. But we as adults, we know that there are scary things in life. We know that sometimes doctors give news that we don't want to hear. We know that sometimes the phone rings and it's that dreaded conversation that we wish we never had to have. We know that there are genuinely scary things in life. And to know a God who is present with us always is to know a God who is present with us when life gets scary. And to know that he is there with us, assuring us that the scary thing will not have the final word. And so in him, we have no reason to fear. Because he is with us and he is good. Day two. When life is scary. God is good. Day three. When life changes. God is good. All right. Now I want you to get out your uh, your praying hands. We're gonna demonstrate a little bit of change for you. I want you to fold your hands as if you're praying. I want you to notice which thumb is on top, and now I want you to switch it. Uh-oh, yuck. And right, now I want you to get out your life's not fair, Yeah, that's unfair arms. All right, that's unfair. Now notice which hand is on top, and now switch it. <laughs> right, it's awesome, because I'm like watching, you guys, you guys don't get to see, like some of you are like turning this into a hand jive. You're like, yeah yeah, I know this hand motion as you're trying to, as you're trying to, change is hard and change is all around us. There are things that we always need to change, but it's hard for us to do, to break out of old methods and old ways. And so how do we see God's goodness in the midst of it? It's knowing Jesus Christ. the One of the scriptures tell us is the same yesterday and today and forever. And when we know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever, it means having this bedrock assurance that He centers us and grounds us in the midst of all of the changes all around us. That we don't go changing the way of the world, but instead we have an anchor and a firm foundation in Jesus Christ. And we know that our firm foundation is the love and forgiveness which He offers. When life changes, and day four, day four is when life is sad. And on day four, we emphasized the crucifixion with the kids. And we talked about that moment that happened on that Good Friday, right? And about how his disciples, his friends, had walked with him through his entire ministry, had heard from him, had seen the things that he did. But then that day, they watched him die. And of how sad they were when they saw Jesus die. They're thinking that they might never get to see him again. And thinking that this was the end of the story but they were reminded of the word that Jesus had spoken to them. And the word was that his death was not without purpose, that Jesus died for a reason. He died so that their sins might be forgiven. Then we would read in the scriptures that he died so that the guilt of sin might be taken away from us, that we might live as free, redeemed people. And then we reminded the kids that Jesus didn't stay dead, but that three days later, Three days later, Jesus rose again, alive anew, triumphing over death and sin so that we would know that sadness never has the final word, but that instead one day because of Jesus Christ we will dwell in his perfect paradise in a place where there will be no more pain and no more hurt and no more sorrow in a place where God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. When life is sad, And then we came to our last day. And our last day is this. When life is good. God is good. Because life isn't always about change and sadness. It's not always unfair. But God gives us all kinds of good things. Things where we can see his work. So who wants to share a good thing from their life? Hi, Rob. (laughs) Remember when I said I wouldn't take someone who was unwilling? Last week was VBS in Carmel, and VBS on Sunday in Carmel. Will you say it again, sir?
0: All right, what's your name? My name is Rob Brown. Will you say hi to Rob? Hi, Rob. So what's your good thing, Rob? My wife is pregnant with twins. That's pretty awesome. I was a seed. I planted
1: that one. <laughs> all right, who well, has another good thing? It doesn't have to be that major either. All right, come all over here. I always wanted to be Phil Donahue when I grew up. <laughs> what's your name?
0: Kinley.
1: Can you say hi to my friend Kinley? Hi, Kinley.
0: This was when I won a, my softball game.
1: You won your softball game? Awesome. Woo! Championship softball game. Five, four games and you won the championship? That's awesome, nice job. All right, who's got another good one? All right, Tobin, what's your name? My
0: name's Tobin.
1: Can you say hi to my friend Tobin? Uh, my dog turned one June 11th. Your dog turned one June 11th. Awesome. That's a good one. All right. Coming over. All right. What's your name?
0: I'm Vicki Fleer.
1: And can you say hi to my friend Vicky? Hi, Vicki.
0: We just adopted our third puppy.
1: Just adopted your third puppy. Awesome. And you're smiling, and he might not be smiling. So. No. no he's a big. Puppy. big. <laughs> see all sorts of good things, and hopefully we could go on and on. I'm a little disappointed in this service that nobody said ice cream, but <laughs> nevertheless, we'll get along. And to know God's goodness when life is good, and to know that he is with us in the midst of those things as well. To know that God is good when he gives us all of these things, but that his goodness isn't just shown in these things, but his goodness is shown in the gift that he never takes away the gift of his son Jesus Christ and his love and forgiveness for us. And so then that brings us, brings us to a final point to ponder. And now I, I could ask you guys, I could ask you to ponder a question in your mind which is how are you with God? And to think about the Exodus story and to think about the seasons of your life and the things that have gone on with you and to answer that question how are you with God but instead the scriptures The scriptures want us to ponder a different question, and it's this, how is God with you? How is God with you? Because the scriptures teach us about a God who knows you and knows your name. The scriptures teach us about a God who has known you since infancy and has known you in every season of life. They teach you about a God who is with you always and is the same yesterday and today and forever, and a God who comes in the midst of your sorrow and change and unfairness to bring you the love of Jesus Christ, the love that endures forever. How are you with God? No, how is God with you? And here's what the Apostle Paul says about that. For I am convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Life is wild.
0: God God is good.
1: One more time, life is wild.
0: God God is good. For
1: the glory of Jesus, Amen.